the 184th edition of the Four Corners Podcast starts right now. From the Basketball Podcast Network, this is the Four Corners Podcast. We win 54 to 53. North Carolina did it. North Carolina wins the championship. With 20 seconds left to play, goes back to Michael Jordan. Jumper from out on the left. Good! Fred Brown looking. Oh, way to Worthy! Worthy five! The Star Heels are going to win the national championship! Weber front court, Carolina with foul. He takes the timeout. They're out foul. of timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul on Michigan. They're out of timeout. And the party is ready to begin on Franklin Street. Gets it back out to head. Long outside shot. Short rebounded. May! It's over! 89-72, and how about them Tar Heels? They are the national champions. Pump fake for three. Too strong on the shot. That's it. The Tar Heels are the national dadgum champions. Love guarded by Keels. Gets a screen. Pulls up for three. Got it. Caleb from straight away. Here are your hosts, Josh Marlowe and Anthony Pagnotta. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. It's a special edition of the show, and not because it's the day after Christmas or anything like that, but I am joined by not my normal co-host, Anthony Pagnata, but by my little brother, who was a contributor to the Heel Tough Blog website. You saw some of his work during football and now during basketball season, and uh, he bugged me really all season long to come on and talk about the Tar Heels, and I finally gave in. So I'm joined now by my little brother, Ashen. Buddy, how's it going today, man? It's going pretty good. I just, um, I'm appreciative that you let me on this thing after I've been begging you so long. Well, we're going to have some fun today. We're going to recap the non-conference portion of the season so far for Carolina, and we'll have some discussion topics at the end, but we start every edition of the pod as we always do with our pod thought of the day, which is brought to you by DraftKings, and we go to noted Carolina and and NBA legend Rashid Wallace. She, you know, famous for coining the phrase, ball don't lie. That's not today's pod thought of the day. Um, she was one time quoted saying as such, saying, quote, see, we are like dust in jello. We just need to be mixed and right so we can gel. And over the last two and a half, three weeks, you've seen Carolina start to gel. This was a team that um, started the season, preseason ranked number one. They were the pick to win the ACC. A lot of people's pick to get back to the Final Four, win a national championship. But the absence of Brady Manick loomed very large. And they were replacing him with Northwestern transfer Pete Nance. And like Brady Manick a year ago, it has taken Pete some time to get uh, accustomed to his new role. But Carolina enters the holiday break on a four-game win streak. They get back to 9-4, and four, back-to-back wins over Big Ten opponents. They reappeared in this week's AP Top 25 at number 25 after a brief hiatus after going from number one to unranked 
in less than two weeks. And so this is a team that is is still a work in progress um, as they try to achieve the ultimate goal, which is to win a national championship. So we mentioned we were going to recap the non-conference portion of the season. Uh, Carolina ends the non-conference portion with a respectable nine and four record, but only uh, eight, but they're eight and three in exclusively non-conference games with the expanded ACC schedule. Carolina's already played twenty games in conference, or they'll, they'll play twenty games in conference. They've already played two where they are one and one in such games. Carolina, as you can imagine, very good at home last year under Huber Davis. Very good to start this year. They are six and zero in the Smith Center. Carolina's only played two true road games at Indiana and at Virginia Tech, both defeats for Carolina. Uh, but Carolina is 3-2 and two in neutral site games. They got a win over Portland in the PK Invitational, and then they got neutral floor wins over Ohio State at MSG and over Michigan in Spectrum Center. That's very important because the NCAA tournament will be played on a neutral venue. Uh, Carolina does have four guys that are averaging double-figure scoring, led by Caleb Love's 18.3 points, 4.2 boards, 3.7 assists. He's shooting 42% from the field, 29% from three. Armando Baycott is rounded into form. He's averaging 18.2 points, 11.1 rebounds, while shooting 57% from the field. R.J. Davis is third on the team in scoring. 15.9 points, 5.5 boards, 3.2 assists. He's shooting 42% from the field and 31% from three. Pete Nance is the last guy. He's averaging 11.8 points, 6.8 boards. He's shooting 50% from the field, 33% from three. Some other numbers for you guys. Carolina is sixth in defensive rebounds per game at 29.5. Overall, they're 25th in the country in total rebounds per game at 40.4. Carolina averages 19.4 made free throws per game. That's third best in the country. They also average 26.4 foul shots per game. That is sixth most in the country. And according to Sports References College Basketball, Carolina has the number three strength of schedule uh, right now in the country. And we knew the schedule was going to be tough given Ohio State, uh, Michigan, Indiana, all in the non-conference. You saw a very good Iowa State team and a very good Alabama team. And also a very tough road game against Virginia Tech <laughs> in the ACC schedule. Yeah, so we have all that stuff going in. And so that's why Carolina has a 9-4 and record. And this was something that, you know, leading into the season, you know, a lot of people thought Carolina was going to come in here and start 12, 13, 14-0. I didn't have the same expectation given the amount of tough games, whether it was on the road, whether it was on a neutral floor or whatever. So I don't look at Carolina's record and I'm not discouraged. Um, Nine and four is very respectable. They're about to go through a slate of a lot of ACC winnable games where they can really pad their record up. Um, But what do you make of where Carolina is right now, given all those numbers I just ran down for you during that non-conference recap? Well, I really like everything you just said. You knew Carolina was going to lose a couple of games coming in. And the games that they lost were respectable games to lose. Obviously, you wanted to win Iowa State. Obviously, you wanted to beat Alabama. 
and obviously you wanted to beat Virginia Tech. But those aren't bad games to lose. So, and like you said, this team is really beginning to gel. Caleb Love, he's picking it up. I still think he needs to get a little bit better with his shot selection to really take that next step. But we're seeing more of him driving to the basket, and that is how he gets going. I think if he does more of that and the team continues to gel, they'll be in um, they'll be in good hands coming into January. Well, and I mean, I think that's the thing is that um, you know this is a team and this is a program that. They play for March. They play for April. And, exactly. and so last year, Huber Davis didn't have the ability to roll out different lineups, do a do a lot of do a lot of experimenting because he didn't have the depth to do so. And this year he does. So you've seen a lot more of lineups on the court that you saw under Roy Williams, where there wasn't a whole lot of scoring, but he was trying to figure out who we could depend on and who we couldn't depend on. And and that's a really good sign because, you know, we talk so much about these players entering this year with all this these expectations and the pressure. And, look, those, those are real. It exists at this program every year. But when you come as close as this team did to winning a national title a year ago, four of the five starters come back, yeah, the, tie, the, the expectation in is going to be national title or buzz. But also this was just – this is just the second year of Hubert Davis of being a head coach in college basketball. How is he going to handle having the pressure to lead a program into such a, a, a pressure-packed season? He's done a really good job. I've been really impressed with him um, so far in the early part of the season because he, he's done some things differently than he did a year ago. He's been more willing to play different lineups. He's been more willing to make in-game adjustments that go away. He's been more willing sp- to get fired up as well. You he, saw that in the Michigan game. He's shown some emotion on the sideline, something that um, his team responds very well to is when they see their head coach show at level – of emotion, and so you know, um, my my boss at work he tells me all the time that every season is a journey, and even though Carolina entered this year with all this this hype and anticipation, it was still going to be a journey, and um, there's still a very good chance that when this thing is all said and done, we're going to like the end result because I still think, and we'll talk about this after the break, that this team is still more than capable of getting back to the Final Four and winning a national championship. So uh, with that, guys, we are going to take a quick break. We'll get you this week's ad from DraftKings. Then when we come back, we'll get into our discussion topics as we recap the non-conference portion of the season here on the Four Corners Podcast. Back after this message from DraftKings. The NBA season is heating up, and there are still so many games coming up. Like if you're a local fan of the Charlotte Hornets, the 76ers are in town. The Minnesota Timberwolves are in town. Or if you're a Nick fan like me, there's a lot of games coming up as we get ready or as we continue to make our way through the NBA season where you can make plenty bets on the association. When I'm looking to get in on the action, I bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money lines on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out, guys. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to DraftKings.com. 
Go, go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, total rebounds, and more. The more the more you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win. So whether you're betting on just a straight-up win or how many you know threes Steph Curry is going to have or how many rebound, uh, rebounds Joel Embiid is going to have, you can place all those bets and parlays at DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TBPN. Place a $5 pregame money line bet on any on, on any NBA team to win their game and get a $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code TBPN. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. See show notes for details. Really hope you guys have taken great advantage of the offers I've been giving you here on the Four Corners podcast. Same for Anthony over there on the Heel Tough blog podcast. And the first question that um, I have written down here is, what did we learn about UNC during the first two months of the year? And I think we learned a lot about them in the first two weeks that – this team didn't respond very well to having that number one ranking beside its name, to having all the weight of the world on their shoulders. And that was a, a, a big talking point this offseason was how would their mindset adjust? Last time, last year, this team was the hunter. They were hunting their way into the NCAA tournament. They were the underdog in virtually every game from the first round on in the NCAA tournament. And they fed off of that. And that that fueled their run to the Final Four. That fueled their run to the national title game. Josh Graham from WSJS uh, in the triad told me that that was his biggest concern was how would Carolina go from being the hunter to the hunted. And as much as we didn't like losing four straight games – I think it was the best thing for this team because it allowed them to get motivated, allowed them to put that chip on their shoulder that it's really hard to do when you've got that number one ranking beside your name. And so I think they've responded very well to that since the four-game losing streak because the season could have went off the rails at that point. Um, You know, There were people that wanted Hubert Davis fired again. I was not among them like I was last year. Hmm. There was a lot of blaming. There was a lot of name-calling. Everything in the world could have gone wrong, but Carolina righted the ship, and now they'll, they'll enter 18 straight ACC games feeling really good about where they are and where they're going. So what did you learn about the Tar Heels during the first two months of this college basketball season? In the first two months of college basketball season, I saw a trend begin to emerge. Last year, we saw it. This year, we saw it. Hubert Davis thrives under the radar. And you're seeing this from the Tar Heels, too. I really like what you just said about the hunter and the hunted. They have gone from the hunter to the hunted, and now that they're back at the hunter again, they're thriving. And that's what I think they need to continue to think of themselves as is the hunter, not the hunted. Yeah, and it's going to be really difficult because they're still the heavy favorite to, to win the ACC. We've seen... Virginia lose back-to-back games. We've seen Duke have their struggles shooting the ball from the perimeter. 
I think when every team's played their best, Carolina has looked the best. But if they can find a way to stay hungry, to stay motivated, I do think that they they have enough of what it takes to fuel them to an ACC regular season championship. And I often say on here that if you're competing for ACC titles, you're competing for national titles. And uh, hopefully this team will be competing for both. Who's been the MVP of the non-conference portion of the season so far for you? Because I think the easy answer would be Armando Baycott. He's averaging a double-double. He set the record for most double-digit rebounding games at Carolina. He's closing in on the double-double record and the total rebounding record, but maybe you disagree. So through the first 13 games of the year, who has been the MVP of the season in your eyes? There is no way this is anybody other than Armando Baycott. You just look at, all right, Virginia Tech, right? They didn't have Baycott, yes? Okay, so they didn't have Baycott, and they lost that game because Justin Mutz just dominated Pete Nance. Let me tell you something. If Armando Baycott is guarding Justin Mutz, he doesn't put up 27 points on 12 for 16 shooting. He's probably half of that. Baycott is an interior defensive force. He rebounds, and then on the other end, he's he's easily the best scorer on this team down low. So it's not even a question. Armando Baycott's the MVP of this season so far. Yeah, because I, I think, you know, R.J. Davis is the heart and soul of this team. Um, and I think when it's all said and done, they're going to go as far as that backcourt takes them. But but Armando Baycott's the focal point because we've seen the slight adjustment from Huber Davis. Instead of having him run down in position on the block, he's running down to the front of the rim, and they're asking teams to try to defend that, and they can't. He was absolutely dominant the other night against Michigan. He was the best player on the court. Um, and, and Carolina just, when they play inside and out, as much as Huber Davis wants to spread the floor, as much as they want to be a better three-point shooting team, they had the best three-point shooting season last year in program history. When they play inside and out, you know, th- this team plays, and, and they look like a team that can win a national title. So I agree with you. That answer is Armando Baycott. Let's flip it to the other side, and, what player has the most to prove in the second half of the season? And for me, I still need to see more from Pete Nance. It really comes down to a consistency thing. He posted a double-double in the win over Ohio State. And, of course, most importantly, hit the tur- the turnaround jumper to force overtime. Really thought that would propel him to a big game against Michigan, and he was a non-factor. Just scored three points. <laughs> and didn't really have a whole lot to offer on the glass. And look, Carolina's season changed last year when Brady Manick became this 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 force and this object and, and that, that was competing on both ends of the court, played with a level of emotion that he, he, he challenged other guys to, to match and exceed. And when that happened, Carolina became the best version of themselves. And so I still look at this team, and I know Love isn't shooting the ball very well. RJ isn't shooting the ball very well. Leakey is still as good a perimeter defender there is in college basketball. I look at Pete Nance and say, that's the guy we need to step up and become a better player in the second half of the season if we want to achieve all of our hopes, goals, and dreams. I agree with you there, but there's somebody else that kind of sticks out to me. And I want to look at Puff Johnson. 
Because coming into this season, he was expected to be our sixth man. He's been a non-factor. Sure, he's coming in and giving us okay minutes, but he's not been the sixth man that can go off for, you know, 15 points when we need him to. I want to see more out of Puff Johnson. And when you look back at last year, and you talked about Pete Nance, so when did Brady Manick start to thrive? He came off the bench when he started, when he started, right? So he started the season on the bench. I look at Puff Johnson as potentially that guy who could become the next Brady Manick. Sure, he doesn't shoot that well, but if he can become the spark plug, which Brady Manick was, by the way, North Carolina lost their spark plug when they lost Brady Manick, and no Pete Nance can, and Pete Nance can't be the be the spark plug. You need to have somebody else come off the bench or even start to be the spark plug. And I think if you bring Pete Nance off the bench, it, he's going against the most of the time the second unit, which will enable him to be the number one scorer, which could enable him to thrive. Yeah, this is something I thought a lot about um, once Puff really came back and emerged out there in Portland. I, I, I just don't think you can afford to start Puff over Pete because you're already playing four on five on offense with Leaky because Leaky is mainly used as a screener and a rebounder. He doesn't really you don't really initiate offense for him. You don't initiate offense through him. But you do have to respect his corner three. But and, and Puff's the same way to where He's more of a screener, more of a rebounder. And so you'd then be playing really three on five on offense. And so um, I, I, I agree that I, Puff, I think, has more to offer, has more to give this Tar Heel team. Um, but it's still going to be coming off the bench in a limited role um, because I, 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 you just you can't put Pete Nance's ability to, to, to score the ball at all three levels on the bench. And so, you know, with a, a, a five and four record at one point, with Carolina being unranked at one point, there were a lot of questions about this team, about were they overrated? Were they overrated? Were they overhyped coming into the season? They've now responded. They've won four straight. They're back inside the top 25. And a lot of the good feelings are starting to come back around the program. And so when you look at this team, do you think they have what it takes to still compete for a national championship? And if so, how? And if you don't think they have what it takes, why is that the case? This one requires a little bit of thought, but I want to say that I do still think this team can win the national championship based off of what they've shown you the past two games. You saw a completely different team against Ohio State when they came back in the final eight minutes using a full-court trap that just absolutely flustered Ohio State. You also saw a completely different team against Michigan where they absolutely dominated. And the final score wasn't really much of an indicator because North Carolina held held control for the majority of that basketball game. I think if they continue along this path that they are going, and they've got a couple of, you know, not easy games, but winnable games, right? You've got Pitt Friday, and then you've got on the 4th, Wednesday, Wake Forest, and then Notre Dame that Saturday. But then the test comes. The 10th of January, they've got Virginia on the road. That game is when I'll really begin to evaluate. If they win that game, 
absolutely they are in the championship contention. There is no reason they should not be in the championship contention. If they lose, you're still kind of hanging on the borderline of contention right there. I mean, I, I look at this team and I and the answer is still yes because they have what it takes. They've got they've got an experienced backcourt. They've got when they play to their best as good a backcourt combo as exists in college basketball. You've got a big man in, in the middle that can control the games on both ends in Armando Bacot. You've got so much experience. You have depth. Um, you, you have so many things you didn't have last year, and you came a box out away from winning the national championship. And so to me, that answer is yes, because there's still a long time between now and and Selection Sunday in the grand scheme of things um, to, to really round into form. And look, Carolina's going to lose some games on the way. They're going to lose – they're most likely going to lose to Virginia. They're probably going to lose a game to Duke. They might lose to Wake Forest or Miami. But that shouldn't dissuade you from believing that this team still doesn't have what it takes to win a national championship because they have that. And I think their mindset is getting in the right place where they're starting to play harder for 40 minutes. They're starting to compete. They've got a level of toughness that we just haven't seen from Tar Heel teams in the past. I mean, they they were willing to throw hands against Michigan, and they were really physical with Ohio State. And so, you know, the answer to me right now is is yes, that they still got all the ingredients, all of what it takes <clears throat> to win a national championship. And I think that's the most important thing is that we can still look at this team today and say that is still achievable. Because when they lost four games in a row, that was in question. It wasn't as easy to sit there and say, yeah, this team can win a national championship. I didn't know. Um, my, my thought process had wavered on on just that. Um, but the four-game winning streak and the way they've done it has restored that faith that this team has all the right pieces. They have what it's going to take to at least be in contention when we get our bracket on Selection Sunday. So with that, guys, uh, that is going to wrap up this edition of the show. A lot more shorter than normal, but we're just giving you a little mid-season recap for Carolina basketball. But uh, before we let you go, we do encourage you guys to visit the website, HeelToughBlog.com, where we've kind of taken a, a break during this Christmas holiday uh, just to decompress a little bit with all the news on the football side of things, with the transfer portal and National Signing Day, along with Carolina basketball kind of pushing towards their break. Um, but we'll be back at it again this week, getting you ready for that matchup with Oregon in the Holiday Bowl, matchup with Pittsburgh later this week on the basketball court. Carolina's got a highly touted prospect, uh, Elliot Cadu, a basketball prospect that will announce his decision on Wednesday. We'll have all that covered for you guys and so much more. That's HeelToughBlog.com. And as for the podcast, you know where to find us. We're on every major podcasting platform. Just simply search the Four Corners Podcast where we encourage you guys to rate and review to the, the, the podcast. But more importantly, we want you guys to hit that subscribe button. That way you don't miss any editions of the show throughout the remainder of the basketball season. Well, with that, guys, this is going to wrap up this edition of the show. I do want to thank Ash.
passionate for hosting with me. I want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels. Guys, it just doesn't get any sweeter than that.